Thank you to our, our worship team just bringing it. This morning we are, um, yeah, we've, we've had quite a week. <laughs> it's, it's, been, it's been crazy uh, here and, and it's been really bad in some other places. And so we're remembering uh, that group of people down south from here just a couple hours from where we are right now enjoying this experience and worshiping. There's a people in our state a couple hours from here that are hurting and encourage you to remember them constantly in your prayers that they would come to know uh, God more deeply and richly through through the storm that they're in. And I want to talk more about that here in a moment. As a matter of fact, um, just want to hit the pause button on a series that we were going to do and really uh, speak to you about preparation for storms, uh, helping us be equipped for the next storm that comes. Before I get into that, you know, at the end of last week, we welcomed uh, a group of people back home on a journey that I went with them on last week. A group of men, our Wild at Heart men are back, and so we're grateful uh, for that. I remember on the way home, I was telling them, you know, we're going to, uh, you got to get ready for storms in life. And be prepared for those storms. And, well, we had a, a real storm to get ready for. And so they uh, had to do that. And I hope they did that uh, as a part of all the chaos this week. Uh, we did not have Saturday night church. I know many of you attend there, uh, attend on our Saturday night services. And I'm grateful that you were flexible enough to be here with us this morning. Uh, many of you may know that we uh, are very proactive in offering up our church as a shelter and uh, we did that several years ago when we were first in this building with, with Hurricane Irma. And uh, the county said, yeah, we'll take it. Uh, our facilities are full. And then we ended up hosting hundreds of people right here in our church building several years ago. And so we had decided, of course, if that ever happened again, we would offer up our facility again. And so we did. And so we reached out to them and said, hey, we're here as your secondary facility, same as before. And they said, oh, we, we didn't know you were a facility available to us. So uh, anyways, then, you know, we let them know. They said, well, you know what we need a facility for right now is for this first responder strike force team that's going to be here and need, need to have a place. And so we waited for like a day and they didn't come and we found out they weren't coming. They went somewhere else. Uh, at, during that time, though, we got the entire facility ready. We prepared for this takeover of our, of our building. We were glad to do that. Um, then once we found out they weren't coming, we called again and said, hey, we're still here as a facility if you guys are getting full. And they said, we're not actually in our primary facilities filled up, but thanks for offering. We'll let you know if we need you. So we did all this work and nobody came here, uh, which I guess in some ways is good to know because that means you know that uh, people weren't as impacted. However, uh, we took Yesterday, uh, especially, many people came in to help us to get this building ready so that we could have our services here this morning. I want to thank everybody that showed up uh, to make it happen for us. We'll be back to Saturday Night Church next week, so maybe you're uh, one of those folks you didn't even know we had Saturday Night Church. We do it exactly the same. Saturday night as we do Sunday morning, kids' ministry, everything's there. It's exactly the same, and 
Crowds get busy here on the weekends, and maybe you'll consider joining a whole other group of people that come on Saturday nights as well. It helps us create more room on Sunday mornings for visitors that are joining us for the first time. So maybe that will be your story next week, 5 o'clock and 6.30 on Saturday nights. I mentioned we're hitting the pause button, so I can just do a one-off message with you. We are kicking off a new series next week. Uh, we're calling it sort of our jerk face series, but it's uh, how to not be a jerk face. Yeah. Some of you definitely need to be here for that one. Uh, but look, we're going to learn some important principles about relationships and life uh, and how to do better, I think, ultimately uh, with them. But today I want to talk about I want to talk about how to be ready for, for calamities and storms. And though this one is past, another one is coming. Did you know that? I'm not talking about a hurricane. Who knows? But I've said here, I've said it many times, I've said it over and over, over the years, the 16 years of our church history, I've said it's not a matter of if a storm is coming in your life. It's just when. And last week, you know, we had one, but again, it's not just a physical hurricane that we're talking about. Uh, for some of us, uh, we've been through a financial calamity before. Some of you have, many of you have. Uh, did you know it's cyclical in our country? Every eight to 12 years, we go through a financial calamity. Another one is coming. Are you ready? I, I don't know when, but I know it's not a matter of if. It's just throughout our cyclical economic history, we know that this this happens. Uh, what about a loss of a loved one? And that can be a calamity or a storm. And then there's just the chaos in the world. I mean, just this overarching, like oppressive thought about what's going on in the world. If you're not careful and you watch the news all the time or whatever it may be, you could get a little out of balance in the way that you're thinking. Let's, I mean, gosh, when I was growing up, you know, it could have been the Cold War. I, I remember Y2K. I mean, <laughs> we were definitely all dead, you know. I mean, it was gonna, and, and there was calamity thought about it anyways, about what's going to happen. And then 9-11 and, and, and Al-Qaeda and the Taliban and, and now Iran and North Korea and all the stuff with that. And we wonder like, oh my goodness, what's going to happen? And here's what you need to know. God, God knows all of what's going to happen. He knows in advance. Did, did, you, did you know that? God knows what's going to happen in past he knows what happened in the past. He knows what's happening in the present. And he knows what's happening in the future. He is not constrained by time. Nothing surprises God, catches him off guard. And so because we have a God that knows a lot more than you do, it's important in times of calamity to turn to him. There are over 7,000 promises in the Bible. 7,000. Thousand, And with that, with that understanding of those promises, you and I can hold on to things in the midst of the times where we don't understand. We can hold on to those promises. Those promises, listen, those promises give us something like guardrails in the midst of a storm because there's just things that are going to happen that humanity deals with and getting ready and preparing and going through the journey of a storm and all of that, that that's normal. 
When God gives us his promises, though, in his word, it puts guardrails on the stress, the anxiety, the emotion, the sense of chaos and worry and what's going to take place. And those guardrails are there to say, okay, there's a preparation and there's a difficult situation that is about to happen, but you don't have to embrace this optional misery of going off the rails in the midst of the situation. We hold on to these promises and we say, okay, I'm, we're going through this, but, but God, I have this to, to keep me in check, to keep me focused on the right things that I put in your notes. We're gonna just look at five, and I think these are some of the most valuable promises you can hold on to in the midst of a crisis, a calamity, a storm, whatever you want to call it, whatever the next one looks like in your life. Some of you made it through this past week and you've got a whole other thing going on, relationally maybe, or financially. The first thing in your notes is this. You have to remember that God will be with me even when I'm distressed. It seems like a simple thing to remember, but yet, I think it's possible some of you may look back on the last week and did you really hold on to the sense that God is, was there with you in that, in that journey? Again, with, with the guardrails being gone and you and I not seeing things the way we need to see them more clearly and, and trusting God in a process, uh, we can lose sight of the fact that in the midst of the storm, he is indeed right there with us. And here's the thing. You need that because you don't know what's going to happen three hours from now. You don't know what's going to happen three days, three weeks, three years, three months, whatever. You don't know. But God does. And so you want to sense that connectivity with him. He, he is present. If you're a believer in Christ, there should not be one minute that goes by where you question if God is near you. You shouldn't ever have to question that, and yet uh, there can be so much chaos where you wonder, God, where are you? Here, here's the thing. God did not move. Uh, God did not abandon. He is still there by your side, and the question then becomes, what did you do in the time of crisis? Did you sense he was near, or did the chaos consume you? This sad reality of life is that it is so easy to forget that God is right by my side. Did you know that uh, there are some great fears that you and I have welling up inside of us when we're going through calamity in life? And I put a couple of them in your notes. Uh, the first one is this fear of being alone and empty. Uh, alone is relational. Empty is sometimes often, it, it, it's, the, it's the physical needs. Will I have somebody by my side when I go through this and will I have my physical needs taken care of? And this is why, again, knowing that God is by your side, I remind you that the provision will happen. Uh, the, 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 you'll have that relationship, that close relationship with God when you go through this. But I've, look, I've been graveside with people who've lost a loved one and they wondered, how will life be when I'm alone? I've watched people wonder the, the loss of a spouse. How will my loneliness be? How will I deal with it? And those are natural human reactions. But 
again, through the scriptures, you're, you're never alone. For those of you that have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, he is always there by your side. Isaiah 43 and verse two, it says this. When you go through deep waters and great troubles, God says, I will be with you. It's a central truth. I, I need you to grasp it because, again, the next storm is coming. It's a reminder that God is still with me. I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you go through fires of oppression, you will not be burned up. Notice it says, when you go from God directly to you and I, not if we go through, it says when we go through them. And so we, we, we're reminded of that. When you go through all of this, look, and the flames that are all around you, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. You will go through deep waters. You will go through major troubles. You will go through fiery situations and uh, flooded type stormy situations, but God's promise to the believers is he will be with you. And Jesus reminds us of this. In John chapter 16, verse 33, he says this, in the world, in this world, look, you will have, you will, you will have what? Trouble, but be of good cheer because I have overcome the world. It's the sense you go through it, you understand that when Jesus is near, you begin to lose your fear. And yet, I think it's possible that this was lost on some people here in this audience that call themselves believers. Jesus is saying, I have overcome. I have overcome the floods, the storms. He's, the point is this, is there will be the storms, but the overcoming is that God has promised you and I that we have salvation, eternal life through Jesus Christ. That's the ultimate portrait of overcoming all of it. That no matter what takes place in the natural, there is a supernatural thing that God has done for all who are believers. And we're holding on to those promises. Remember this, Jesus comes three critical reasons why Jesus comes. Uh, number one, he comes so that your sin can be forgiven and connect you with your heavenly father. That's the first. The second is so that you can learn to live more like Jesus, to become more like who God wants you to be. And the third is that you would help others encounter the same. That's our three primary things that God gives you and I through the gift of Jesus Christ. And through that, we rise above the noise, the storms, the chaos, the calamity, so that we can live differently, operate differently. But, but man, if, you, if you're watching media and you're watching movies out there about destruction, if you ever watched movies about like Armageddon and it gets bleak when bad things, you know, stuff is out there, storms, chaos, messiness, and it paints this portrait of emptiness and loneliness and we take our eyes oftentimes on this understanding that God is, he is near. And I, I said alone and empty. Many of us this last week, we, we go into this chaotic mode of protecting our possessions and getting more possessions so that we have more possessions when the storm comes and goes. And, we're, and I, please don't hear what I'm not saying. I think you should be ready. Don't, don't get me wrong. But that begins to consume us. Like, what about my possessions? And what will I have left? And I got to hold on to these things and hold on to these things. And all of a sudden, this portrait that you and I can put out there for humanity that says, God is with me. 
becomes so clouded, we start looking like everybody else. Nobody can tell the difference between the Christians and non-Christians. We're all preparing, but one group is operating with a confidence that says, hey, no matter what happens, I know God is with me. And the world is paying attention. And what we have, and we see it revealed in a week like last week, is we have many people who are saying they are Christians, but the world looks at us and says, I don't know that they're a believer. It's Christians operating in something called practical atheism. We say we believe, but by the way we live, it's like we don't believe. And we have a part in this. Because here's what God sets up for you and I as believers. He strengthens us, right? He strengthens us in our confidence in him that no matter what happens, he's there, he's by my side. And in that confidence, we do that third part that I said was so critical in a relationship with Jesus Christ is we can now help others. But how can you ever help somebody else in the midst of a storm when you're so caught up in you? And I mentioned this last week, how important it is to remember This is a big part of our role in going through a storms, helping others. Jesus says in Matthew 6, 31, so do not worry, he said this, he said, what shall we, do not worry about what shall we eat, what shall we drink, or what shall we wear, for the pagans run after all these things. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them, but seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Seek first the things of God. Stop acting and living like you are a spiritual orphan. Start trusting. Some of you need to write it down. God is with me. You need to write it on your refrigerator, put it on your mirror, uh, put it in your car, on the visor. I don't know where you need to put it, but you need to write it down and remember that God is with you. And be willing to say, is it possible I forgot that he was with me? And then I put in your notes this fear that I won't know what to do when I get to whatever is going to happen after this chaos. God filling in the blanks for you and I along the way and helping us to be able to be ready for whatever is next. When God is near you, you trust that that plan. Did you know there's only one entity that's ever been into uncharted territory in the future. It is, I mentioned before, it's, it's God. And every, every day, is, every moment is uncharted territory for you. But God has been into that uncharted territory. He's by your side, and, and I need that counsel, and I need that reminder that, that he's got me for the things in my life and for the things of the future. I remember when I was in high school, and maybe you consulted like a counselor. I guess that's like a guidance counselor about your career. I think they help with career, or maybe it's a career counselor. I don't remember. But I remember going in in high school, and I'm getting ready to graduate, and they want to spend time with you, and they want to talk to you about your future and help you get ready and help you prepare. And sometimes it was really weird because I felt like, By the end of the time with the counselor, I did more counseling than actually I got. But anyways, I can guarantee you that counselor did not talk to me about being a preacher. That was not on the radar. And my counselor didn't know because my counselor didn't know. But God knew. We're digging into him and reminded that he is near. Here's the second thing. God watches over me when I'm confused. I'm confused about What's going on? I, I mentioned on my podcast, I think on Wednesday, and through another video I released to the church, but know this, anytime you see a storm, 
in your life happening, if there's a storm happening, storms in life always point us to the need for Jesus. Always. It's a reminder of why Jesus came, for the forgiveness of sin, so that everyone, wouldn't, nobody would perish, but everyone have an opportunity for eternal life. You look at what took place down south of here. God giving humanity, an under, we, we, we're giving humanity an opportunity. We see that we have a need for Jesus Christ because this world is broken. It's messy. The opportunity before us to say, I see the storm, I see the messiness, but this is exactly why God gave his one and only son. Because again, we have victory over the calamity that will befall us at any point in time. I love having that extra layer of, of a covering. I remember I was, uh, one time we were coming home from a long trip, it was late at night, and I th- we were up, up, I think, in North Carolina or whatever. I don't know what was going on. We said we're gonna stay the night. I think it was around Macon, but I can't remember. And um, the, I think it was in Macon. And I remember my family was all asleep in the car, and uh, I was conferring to this GPS to like try to find exactly where this hotel was that we had booked. And um, I remember... The, several times I, I was looking at the GPS and I was swerving. And I, but I didn't know that the policeman was behind me. And so he hits the lights. He probably should have. <laughs> and uh, he pulls me over. And honestly, he thinks I've been drinking. That's how bad of a, that's how bad of a driver I am because I hadn't been drinking. So I, I'm just like swerving because I'm trying to figure out this location. Am I getting off here? Getting... So he pulls me over. He's checking. He realizes, you know, what's going on. I said, I'm just trying to find this place where we're staying. And he said, um, don't stay there. <laughs> don't. Do not stay there. And he said that wherever you're about to stay is not, not a good place. You need to go pick a different place. And, and I, I, I loved that. It's like, Somebody there, he's watching, he's, he's looking out for me. He's saying, you know what, I have your best interest in mind and I'm gonna help bring some clarity to the situation. Don't stay there. Our God does the same thing in the midst of confusion. He says, uh, not there, uh, here. It says this in Psalm 32 and verse eight. The Lord says, I will guide you along the best pathway. I love how this translates, for your life. I will advise you and watch over you. Folks, media is not going to watch over you. It's not. The news in the midst of a calamity is not going to watch over you. You can consult your horoscope, your psychic palm reading. Actually, don't. Because they are all going to be confused and they're going to give you terrible advice because none of them have been ahead of you. Only God has. And so we're trusting in only, only God. You're talking to God. You're listening to God, trying to understand. And you don't have all the brain capacity to figure out all these answers. And even consulting with God, you're not going to fully understand everything. But he's going to put you on a better path in your life. It's, it's like having just, a, again, this extra layer. One time when, when we were heading up into the mountains of North Carolina, if you've ever been up there or any place where there's mountains, you know, at night it can be a little tricky, especially if there's a little bit of fog and you're on a little two-lane mountain road and you look to your right, there might be a white line, there might not be, but there's a cliff. And you can't afford a wrong turn, you know what I mean? Like you need, and sometimes it would be like really nice in a moment like that if a helicopter was going out ahead, just maybe, you know, 20 yards, saying, hey, here, be careful here, 
little spotlight on everything, just kind of guiding me on this kind of treacherous journey, and that would be nice. I don't have access to that. You probably don't either, but with God and the decisions in your life and the choices for your life, you do have something like that. You do have something shining a light that says, this is the best path. Watch out for the curves and the cliffs and the storms ahead. Proverbs 28 and 26. Those who use God's wisdom for your life, you are what? Safe. God's wisdom, his guidance for the path of your life. Proverbs 3 and 5. Trust in the Lord. Some of you know this scripture and other trans. Translation says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your, never lean on your own understanding. This translation says, never rely on what you think you know. Remember the Lord in everything you do and he will show you the right way. Clarity, just enough in the midst of chaos. Number three, God will go before me when I'm afraid. You're, you're afraid, and, and I get it, and, and, and there's a little bit of this in all of us, right? I talked about guardrails, so there's a little bit of some of the things that are natural in, in the concern about what's going to happen. It makes total and complete sense, but all of us are going to have a time where our fear over things are going to affect us emotionally and physically and we don't know how it's going to work out. How's it going to work physically? How's it going to work financially? What's going to happen financially in, in my life? We have those fears as well. And there are some things that we can get the answers to. And there are some things that we can do to do our part, right? Like if you're hurting financially, one thing you could do is like do your part. Put on a tie or put on an outfit. Uh, put some gel in your hair. Go get a job. You know, like, or at least go to an interview. You know, it's so like we can do our part in the midst of difficulty, and, 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 but there are some other aspects of it where it's like, okay, there's some unknown here, and I don't know, God, I, I, I don't know what to do, and I'm not sure, I'm not sure if you're going to take care of my needs, and you're going to take care of the things that I need taken care of. Well, this is what it says in Deuteronomy 31 and verse 8, the Lord himself talked about that, that little helicopter. The Lord himself will go before you. He will not leave you or forget you. So don't be afraid and don't worry. You know, in the Old Testament, uh, where we're getting some of this history from here, uh, in the Old Testament, you may know that the Israelites were in slavery in, in Egypt and then Moses leads them out and they end up, they end up in this desert. And in this desert place, they built something like a tabernacle or a tent. And what they did in that location is they went to that tent and they worshiped God. And they worshiped God. And the scriptures say because God was so pleased in their worship and turning to him in that time of that desert place that he provided, the scriptures say, a cloud to go out ahead of them to guide them in the day and something like a pillar of fire to guide them at night. God provided that direction because they first decided to worship him. Listen, they were just out here leading us in worship and, and here's what's taking place. If you really are digging into a time of worship like we just had, is what you're doing is you're magnifying God. All right, we talk about this. We're, we're making God bigger 
Because the thing that you make bigger in your heart and in your mind is the thing that captures all of your attention. So like if fear and anxiety and worry and chaos are capturing your attention more and more and more, that's what you're going to see all the time. Some of you, that was last week. But we're magnifying God. When we're magnifying God, we're seeing him more and more. And the scriptures say, we see with the Israelites that God was pleased with that. And because they were worshiping God, he provided direction. Did you, did you spend time this week just taking some moments away to focus on him? Exodus 13, 21 by day, look what it says, the Lord went, you need this, the Lord went ahead of them. Deuteronomy 1 and verse 30 says, the Lord, your God, who is going before you, will fight for you, uh, your God, who went ahead of you, and your, and for your journey. And I I love that. It's, it's like, okay, there's a battle taking place. There's, there's a journey going on. And, and I know that there's this battle being fought by God. He's fighting those battles for me. I'm going to talk more about that here in a minute. But the way God goes out ahead of us is sort of like if you were in a, um, if you were home and let's say you're married, you know, and, and you're there and there's a noise on the other side of the house and you're there and your wife's with you, you're, you know, uh, ladies, you might, ladies, you might say to your husband, I heard a noise, go check it out. You might do that and I wouldn't blame you. You're, you, you're sending him into the trouble while you stay back. I get that. I, I know there's a woman here who's like, I don't need my man to go out and do that. I got my own clock. You know, I'll go take care. And that's great. <laughs> that's your story. But I'm just saying, like, you know, it would make sense that you'd be like, yeah, you want to go out? You want to go out ahead? I'm just going to go check it out. Do whatever needs to be done. God goes out ahead of us for us like that. He's our, he's our battler and he's our defender. Isaiah 65, 24. I will provide their needs before they ask. I will help them while they are still asking for help. Man, I, I think a lot about needs versus want. Right now, I'm thinking about it. Needs versus want. Things get so crystal clear and when a storm comes, you start whittling down. What do I want and what do I need? And the promise of God there's a lot of things I want, right? There's a lot of things you want. The promise of God is he's gonna give you what you need. Those Israelites, they got, they got to eat, they got manna from heaven. That may not be exactly what they were looking for, but they were provided for. And we're seeing that in our journey with God. We're knowing that he's gonna provide for us. Now, ultimately, he will give you, there will come a time where he gives you as a believer Everything you want, John 14, don't be troubled. You trust God, now trust in me, Jesus says. There are many rooms in my Father's house and I am going to prepare a place for you. Another translation says he's preparing a mansion for you and I. In an un indescribable manner, God will one day provide for you when you cross over into eternity everything you need and everything you wanted all along. And so that moment is coming, but here on earth, 
God's provision is he will give you what you need, but not always what you want. Here's the fourth part, and kind of touched on this a little bit. But I got to remember in the midst of storms that God will fight for me when I'm attacked. We're remembering who, who's in charge and who has the keys and who's the authority in all things. And it says this in Psalm 118 and verse 6 The Lord is for me, so I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? Uh, I think I want to spend just a second because I mentioned that there are all kinds of storms, and you know, one of the probably the most difficult, difficult and common storm you and I face is relational storms. These happen more than anything, and it can be really hard when somebody says something untrue about you, lies about you, treats you poorly when you didn't feel like you deserved it. It can be. It can be, that, that is, again, some of the most brokenness we encounter. It's the greatest brokenness we encounter in our culture today. And many of you have lived through that maybe many, many times in your life. I, I, I want to remind you, as God is fighting our battles, don't ever forget this. I've shared it one other time, but remember this. One, you, plus God is a majority. You plus God is a majority. In other words, you're already winning when it's you plus God. And so you're trusting God has my back. He's fighting my battles. He is exactly what I need as I go through what I'm going through. I like God and I like me. And so I got God. God's doing a work in me and that's enough. That doesn't mean we ignore people and treat them poorly because we think God's got our back. No, no. We're just understanding that attacks are coming. And look, I've lived through this. I'm, I'm a leader of this church. And man, I've had people say things untrue and daggers thrown. If you're leading, you're going to get daggers. And that's the way it goes. And I've had to constantly say, okay, tr God, I'm going to trust that you have my back and that you're fighting my battles. God, you're my defender. But we also understand that Attacks are coming not just from people that we have. The greatest attacks are coming to you and I from our spiritual adversary. And he is the one that wants to devour the goodness that God has promised all of us in our lives. Psalm 18 and verse 17. He delivered me from powerful enemies, from those who hated me and were too strong for me. They attacked me at a moment when I was at the weakest, but the Lord upheld me. And the greatest attacks, again, come at you from Satan. You know, so many times when we're under attack and we're feeling overwhelmed, we have, especially if we're new to the faith or not a believer, we'll say, <coughs> we'll say, God, why are you doing this to me? God, why is this happening? And man, I gotta tell you, Satan, I've shared this before, Satan loves when you blame everything on God. It's all God's fault. You're under an attack constantly. Are you, are you digging in deeper in a time of crisis, in a time of attack to say, okay, God, I, I, I'm trusting that you are defending me in this battle. Am I prepared for what's gonna take place? And you know, here's the thing. If you're not involved in advancing the faith, if you're not involved in 
helping the kingdom grow, if you're not involved in moving the things of God forward in life, you're not going to sense those attacks coming because, well, you're just kind of not doing anything for God. But when you start advancing more and more and more and more for the things of God, you will come under attack more and more from your spiritual adversary. Are you prepared this last week? Were you prepared for his attacks and the doubts that maybe he brought into your heart and your mind? Here's the last promise I wanted to share with you. God will work in me until I'm completed. This last week, it's going to be really hard for some of you to admit it, but some of you got off the rails. And again, you, preparing is one thing, but when the anxiety, stress, when all of that overwhelms you, that's the sign that maybe you didn't have things in, in a spiritual order this last week. And I get it because... Well, none of us are perfect, and we're going to make mistakes, and here's the truth. You are not complete in who God wants you to be until you cross over into eternity. So until your last breath, you're still on this journey. To, God's doing a work. He's doing a work in you. Philippians 1.6, God began doing a good work in you, and I am sure he will continue it until it is finished when Christ Jesus comes again. That's when it'll be finished. Until then, we don't always get it right. And it's a work. It's a work in progress. A couple years ago, we started, or about a year and a half ago, we started a remodel of the inside of our home. And if you've ever done that, whew, that's, that's not easy. And that starts with really just this gutting, you know, and like you put your stuff in a garage or somewhere else, and there's this gutting of your home. Did you know that's what God does when we come to know Christ? He, he wants to, to gut it all out. But then, you know, when there's a remodel, every day uh, there's, a there's a little work being done. You know, like you come home and you've been out during the day and the workers have been there and you come back and there's a little bit more. And then there's a little bit more each day. And they look at the plans and they consult the plan. Okay, what's next and what's next and the work. It just keep, keeps going and it keeps going. And, and you're wondering, oh my gosh, are, is Joel, are, we, are we almost there? No, we still got some more stuff, more stuff to do. And this is a lot like what it's like in our relationship with God. We don't always get it right. We go back to the blueprint, God's word. We continue to allow him to do a work inside of us. And we keep on that journey. And the moments where we don't get it right, we say, okay, God, I, I see it. I, I see it didn't go well. And, and now, God, I need your help so that the next time I can be more prepared. You're on that journey, and, and I'm on it as well with you. We got promises from God. It, is there anything that God cannot do? Uh, basically, the scriptures tell us God he can't lie. But God is truth, and his promises are truth. Jesus said, I am the truth. Jesus didn't say, I teach the truth. It was beyond that. He said, I am the truth. And you're trusting in him. You're trusting in the truth, ultimately trusting in God. I just gave you five powerful promises let me ask you, is there any difficulty you'd go through in life that these five promises won't be applicable towards?
that situation. There's not one. And there's so much more in God's word. I hope you'll take these and put them in the right place and, and know that when the time comes again, you're, you're gonna dig into the right things to be, to be really ready for a storm. Isaiah 46 and verse three. Listen, I have upheld you since you were conceived. Since you were conceived and I have taken care of you since birth. Even when you're old, I will be the same. Even when your hair has turned gray, some of you are there, I will take care of you. I will save you. Can you compare me to anyone? No one is equal to me or like me. There's no other consultant thing you can turn to that's going to provide these promises that God is providing you and I. If the week didn't go maybe spiritually the way it should have for you, I put some action steps there at the very bottom of the other side of your notes there. Number one, admit. God, I worry. And sometimes it's a little bit much and it gets a little off the rails. This last week, I was, it was a little over the top and with the stewing and extra energy and things that didn't need to happen. And, and so God, I, I'm just gonna admit that there was an issue there. And, and anytime you and I are struggling in our faith, admittance is the first step. I admit, I admit I got it wrong. And so then the next thing is we're asking God for help and for him to give you strength so that when the next calamity comes, you'll be ready. It won't be easy. It'll be messy. It will. But yet, you'll have these promises you're holding on to. God, I'm asking for your strength more and more as I go through this journey of life that is filled with storms. And one of the parts of the Lord's Prayer, give us our day, our daily bread. That's an invitation asking God for strength strength to move forward, provision to move ahead. Give us this day our daily bread. And then the last letter, E, expect him to keep his promises. He cannot lie. He is a God who delivers on his promises. Let me pray with you and for you. God, we've had quite a week. And first of all, we're just hurting for these people that are down south of here and God, I pray that you, you would be made known in the midst of a storm. People would turn to you more in this time of crisis in their life. Our hearts are heavy for them. Right here in this room, there are some who, you're a believer and you, you'd be willing to admit maybe this week went beyond the preparations. It, it, it was a little over the top, and so you're admitting, and you're saying, okay, God, I, I ask you for strength. Uh, uh, there's a, sometimes I, I don't get this right, God, and so I need your strength to help me through these difficult times. And, and then you're just gonna expect that as you keep digging into him more and more and more in the midst of storms, that God will deliver on his promises. There are others here, you're not a believer, and the formula, or the words anyways, it's exactly the same. It's, it starts, if you say, I, you know what, I, I don't have that relationship with God. I, I don't have a God that's journeying with me, a comforter, forgiveness of my sin. I, I don't have that. Well, the first step for you is to admit. 
admit that you don't and admit that you've tried other ways in life. And the Bible calls that, that sin, going away from God. I admit it, God. But I ask now for the strength and forgiveness offered on the cross through your son, Jesus Christ. Uh, I ask for that offering that's already made for me now. Just come into my life, God. I am ready to invite you in. I'm ready for the forgiveness of my sin. I'm ready to discover a life journeying with you and ultimately eternal life. And God, now, I absolutely believe and expect that your promise will be real. There will be valleys, there will be troubles, there will be storms, there will be fires, there will be chaos. The promise that you'll be there by my side, my sin is forgiven, and that I have eternal life is not changed, I trust. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.